Welcome to the Sam Says Podcast. I'm Samantha Oldsfry, the CEO of the Illinois Association of Medicaid Health Plans, also known as IMHIP. In this podcast, we focus on all things surrounding the Illinois Medicaid Managed Care Program. I'm the Sam and Sam Says, and today I'm so excited to have Illinois State Representative Leader Latoya Greenwood with me to discuss something we are both very passionate about, maternal health policy. So much so that I'm hip is excited to partner with Leader Greenwood, and she's our sponsor on maternal health legislation for 2022. Thank you so much for joining me today, Leader Greenwood. Thank you. Thank you so much, Samantha, for having me. And to continue pushing forward this important topic regarding uh, maternal health in our state. Absolutely. And you've already done so much beyond this piece of legislation. Um, You've already really moved the ball forward here in Illinois. Can we just sort of start with what excites you about maternal health policy and sort of why you got into this um, as, as a champion of maternal health policy? Well, um, initially under the mentorship of leader Mary Flowers, she held um, um, a series of subject matter hearings on this topic. And I was on the Healthcare Accessibility Availability Committee at that time. And I just was blown away at the statistics, at the data, at the information, the testimonies that we heard regarding this topic. And I could also relate because of a personal experience that I had also when I was pregnant with my son. And, but I just didn't know how prevalent it was. And um, it continues to be one of those eye-opening um, pieces of uh, healthcare that we have in our state, in our country that still needs to be um, highlighted and in need of repair and some revision. So I am very happy to continue to champion this issue. Absolutely. And it is, it's eye-opening and it's something that until you've looked at the data, until you've sort of, you know, shared those stories, um, pregnancy, birth, this is something that's so common that you would think we as a society would have figured out how to prevent adverse outcomes that are preventable, how to to appropriately take care of people. You would just, I mean, I think until people really dug into it, it was just assumed we had figured things out. And before celebrities um, like, like Serena Williams and Beyonce, there was this idea that it was around income and, and what was your access to healthcare. And now we see when you, when people don't have that excuse and they look at the data and they talk and they look at the data and they talk to people and you hear these stories, obviously Serena Williams has no problem with accessing um, the best healthcare you could imagine in terms of financially, it really does come down to, there is a racial component here and that you have to hit that really head on. You absolutely. And so we thought that we saw so many things highlighted with COVID. Well, this information that we received in these subject matter hearings were pre-COVID. And um, 
we started to see then the inequity in the treatment of black and brown um, pregnant moms um, to be in, in their health care, access to health care, the receiving of health care, uh, whether or not they were listened to, uh, other environmental factors that were happening in the communities and in their around, uh, surroundings. So all of these things were leading to where we are now as a state and how we continue to try to address it. We know that so many of these, four out of every five pregnancy-related deaths were preventable. We know that. And we know that uh, so many more black and brown people are not able to access the quality health care that's needed to birth healthy babies in our state. And so we continue to push on. We continue to have these partnerships um, and do this legislation that we're doing now to continue to move, move the ball forward. So. Absolutely. And and what I before we dive into the legislation, I just want to underscore something you just said there. We, we talk, you know, you're talking about four out of five deaths are preventable. We know that um black women and, and women of color are more likely to have adverse events. And what we also know is that when you look at just deaths and maternal deaths, which is the worst and, and just most heartbreaking outcome. But it's yeah. just the tip of the iceberg. And there's so much underneath that tip of the iceberg of, of adverse events of trauma related to birthing that we really need to address. And that that has a ripple effect in the system and continues to um, erode trust in the healthcare system. And that creates, I mean, it, it we're talking about moms and babies, but what we're really talking about here is families and trust yeah. in the healthcare system holistically. Absolutely. Um, you talk about that trauma, the trauma that the mom is experiencing while pregnant and then is put on the baby um, during the birthing process, that trauma. So it's like a cycle that continues and it starts uh, pre-birth before the baby is even born. And so there's, like you said, there's so many issues and underlying things that we continue that we have to address that we haven't even I, I don't think scratched the surface in those areas. I could not agree more. We are partnering on this piece of legislation, House Bill uh, 5053, and it has some really exciting pieces here to begin to um, close some disparities. So Medicaid for those of I know you know this leader Greenwood, but for our listeners who might not know, Medicaid covers 50% of births in the state of Illinois. So this is, we are, Medicaid's the largest payer. And I like to say that where Medicaid policy goes, we can pull the rest of the system forward or we can hold the whole system back depending on the logical and rational nature of our um, public policy. And so House Bill 5053, it, um, has two big maternal health components really trying to address some of these challenges. The first is increasing access to prenatal care. Mm -hmm. And in Illinois, we increased as a state Medicaid reimbursement for doctor's visits, but that was tied to Medicare. 
Medicare is not paying for a lot of births, as one can imagine. And so what we found was the prenatal reimbursement rates are really um, inadequate. I mean, they're just very, very low. Um, mm-hmm. We are finding that that we are as health plans, health plans are paying more for the transportation to the doctor's office than for the mm-hmm. doctor's office visit because the rates are set so low. So the increases the rates of reimbursement for um, for prenatal visits, which is critical at addressing yeah. and having um, holistic, appropriate health care that we need these members to have access to it. Um, and, and there's mm-hmm. a re- reimbursement absolutely impacts access. It's not everything, but it's definitely something. And then looking at C-section rates and knowing oh. that Yes, way too high. And that Medicaid women have a uh, have higher C-sections and have a lower access to ECVs or um, external uh, cranial versions. Mm-hmm. And these, this is amazing. I didn't know this about versions until my second pregnancy when I almost needed one, where they fit out externally can, if your baby is breech or transverse, so transverse is when they're like sideways, they can push on the baby, basically. I mean, a doctor is probably saying that is not what they do, but they, they move the baby to a head down Mm -hmm. position to promote vaginal birth and this, and when they're successful, the rate of vaginal birth after a version is so much higher. This is something that we can do to prevent C-sections. It's preventable, but medic women on Medicaid have much lower access to these versions and our ECVs the women like myself with commercial insurance. And so what we want to do collectively is to increase the reimbursement rate for these ECVs so that women, regardless of income, have access to preventing and avoiding a C-section. And the things that are, that we must stress about this legislation, 5053, is that you highlighted, you touched on it. It's about access to comprehensive health care. Um, and what these things will do is to continue to prevent the deaths, unnecessary, the unnecessary deaths of the moms and the babies throughout the state. And when we talk about the cost and who's paying for what, and all of these things should be covered under their Medicaid insurance. And they should be receiving the same care prenatal after they have the baby uh, services that we all receive under, like you said, private insurance. And so, again, it's about equity and it's about access and continuing to create those pathways. Um, This is a I call it a crisis in our state. And until we start to uh, continue to address it in ways like this legislation does, it will continue to be a problem. And it's a preventable problem. And um, I think that's what we really need to keep talking about. It's a preventable problem. And um, making these necessary changes and adjustments and reimbursements and uh, the uses, it, the usage of Medicaid is very critical to moving us forward in this area. 
It absolutely is. And I think that's so important because like, I, you know, I list out these pieces of the legislation um, around maternal health and it, it, you know, it sounds sort of high level and it's, um, you know, it, it, but at the end of the day, it's about saving people's lives mm. and it's mm-hmm. about, and, and making sure that the healthcare system works for them, regardless of who they are, where they live. And yeah. that is fundamental. It should be working for everyone. Right. <laughs> healthcare is a right, I believe. And so it should be working for all of us um, in the same way. It, it shouldn't be based on anything else, um, except that you are in need of this service and we're here to provide it. Right. Absolutely. And when what I love about your leadership is that you continually see when something isn't working, you never set, you know, it never feels like, oh, this isn't working. I, you know, let's just talk about it. It's like, this isn't working. It's negatively impacting people's lives. What can we do? What can we do to continue to move us forward and address the data, address the statistics, address Uh, The information that we know is true that we continue to receive in our um, the IDPH uh, maternal mortality reports, um, we continue to see that it's an issue in our state. It absolutely is. And it's something we can do something about. You've continued to pull us forward as a state. We we have already um, done so much under your leadership. We are excited about House Bill 5053 and what we can continue to do and improve access and decrease C-sections because not only does that save lives because C-section, it is a major surgery. People, I don't think, fully appreciate that. Um, But not only is it a major surgery that has more um, adverse outcomes, more likely for hemorrhaging, more likely for loss of life, but also it's a much harder recovery. Mm -hmm. And so if we can reduce those we're improving the, the quality of life of moms. And we've, we've found out data in that as well. And that some of those have been unnecessary and not needed. And we know that uh, the numbers of those unnecessary cesareans are in black and brown women again. And so we have to continue to have these conversations and discussions and pieces of legislation to address these areas. Yes, and as as a woman who has had two um, necessary C-sections, like you do not want, like it, they are so hard to recover from. I mean, it, it is, they are brutal. And as if somebody, I can't, I, my heart just breaks thinking of somebody going through that unnecessarily. Right. And we have to start to communicate information. Why is a cesarean necessary? And in what cases? So people are aware, you know, it's um, a lot of times women may be afraid to ask questions of their doctors or ask questions. And so you have to feel comfortable enough um, to ask those very important questions. What qualifies uh, for that, or what happens? What's the recovery? What what does that look like? 
and uh, what is necessary and what is not. And it's okay to get second opinions also. I want to put that out there. Yes. And let's just put a plug in that Medicaid in Illinois covers doulas. And so so if you as a, a patient are worried that you might not be able to advocate as strongly for yourself, if you know, like, okay, I might, you know, I might need some help. Medicaid covers doulas. And that is just amazing. Yes, it is. And I like to tell this story. Um, when I was uh, working the my other colleagues about the doula legislation, and so many of my colleagues had utilized a doula. I learned about doulas in the subject matter hearings. I, I was not familiar with a doula or what doulas do. And so I was just like, wow, you have one? They were like, yeah, but they paid. Some of them paid out of pocket and it was okay. They were able to do that. And so I'm very excited that Medicaid covers doulas. And so again, we have to get that information out so people know that this is an option now. Exactly. And that you have continually brought about ways to sort of address disparities and prove equity within the Medicaid system. Mm-hmm. You know, that again, that, that from your vantage point and mine, but like that healthcare is a right. And what can we do to make sure that everybody has um, that same experience or that same, you know, opportunities? And so, what else do you sort of see on the horizon? So we're we're championing House Bill 5053 this year um, to increase reimbursement and access for prenatal visits and for those um, ECVs to reduce preventable unnecessary C-sections. Um, but I know you're you're probably not stopping there. So what are you what are you viewing sort of long term um, as you continue your leadership in the space? Again, we're going to continue knocking down all these barriers that continue to have our rates high until we start to see a decrease in the number of preventable deaths in the access and um, see a decrease in the health disparities between women throughout our state, then we continue to have work to do. Personally, um, I'm champion um, House Bill 5053, and I also have a piece of legislation that is working around pregnant moms and is um, centered on the guaranteed income program. So pregnant moms that are at or below poverty level, um, hoping to work in that space um, to again, address some of those external factors that cause the stress and the trauma. And um, so working through that legislation too, I'm very excited about that. Um, It's a pilot program that'll be started um, in my area, East St. Louis and the Cahokia Heights area. So we'll see how that pans out. Um, I may continue to have to work on it, but that's something I'm very excited on too in, in addressing this issue. And I think that's so critical, Leader Greenwood, that you re- that you are tackling not only in the healthcare space, like the direct healthcare, but then also the recognition that social determinants of health, income being a very significant one, plays mm-hmm. a, a major factor here. And that yeah. we, in order to improve health outcomes, 
in order to um, increase healthcare quality, we need to address social determinants of health. And um, how do we support these moms in a healthcare setting and outside of the healthcare setting? So I think that's that's wonderful. Yeah, I'm excited about it. It may be um, something to help them get to doctor's appointments. I mean, you never know. It may be helping them to buy uh, healthier food or um, anything in that space, anything that helps reduce stress because it can be a stressful time for people that are without. And um, then you're, you're pregnant and you don't have the necessary things that you need. Absolutely. And so I'm on the uh, Evanston Social Services Committee. And what we talk about a lot is sometimes it's, it's not a one size fits all approach of what um, what somebody might need. Somebody might need transportation in the traditional way of like a, a bus ticket. Somebody might just need a car repair and then mm-hmm. they could, you know, and so having that flexibility to support them um, and to know their own needs and, and to meet their own needs is uh, really an innovative way to improve outcomes. Yes, yes. So um, that's something I'm working on. Very excited about that. And um, another um, bill is dealing with uh, health care um, equity in terms of the Uh, people, the professionals in that space. And so providing scholarships and um, loan programs for individuals that um, historically haven't had access to that space to be able to participate if they need to through, uh, I think that's through DHS. It might be the Department of Public Health, one of them. (laughs) Well, that's also wonderful because we also see that quality Um, sometimes can be tied to, I I mean, I remember the study that the uh, survival of a newborn, Mm -hmm. of a black newborn was Mm -hmm. significantly higher. I can't remember the numbers, but significantly higher if they were born with the support of a black doctor. Um, Mm -hmm. And it was just, you know, as a mom of a newborn, like nothing just sort of made me clench my heart more than thinking that there are moms out there and there are families who the race of their doctor like could potentially determine um, the survival of their baby. And so increasing the diversity in the healthcare space in terms of clinicians is critical mm-hmm. as well. Mm-hmm. So I'm excited about that too. Um, you know, I get asked the question all the time, like, so what are your priority bills? And I say, all of them are my priorities. <laughs> Because in some kind of way, they're interconnected and they all help each other. And um, so I'm I'm just very excited this session. And I hope that we're able to do some good work in a short amount of time and continue to push our state forward. Oh, Leader Green, what I think that's the perfect way to end. Um, short amount of time, a lot of work to do, and we are pushing forward. And oh, we are so, so grateful that you were able to join us today, that you are um, a leader here in Illinois and continually pushing the state forward and improving health care for our neighbors. So thank you so much. This quarter, um, 
I'm Hip is highlighting maternal health. So please stay tuned for more interesting podcasts to our listeners that we will cover um, maternal health from all facets. And you can also learn more about what I'm Hip is doing and listen to other podcast episodes like this one on our website at imhip.net. And don't forget to like and follow us on Facebook, LinkedIn, and Twitter. I'm Samantha Oldsfry. The Sam and Sam says, thanks for joining us. And until next time, be well and stay safe.